Come on, let's give it up again for our sister Cherise bringing us before the presence of the Lord. What an awesome and mighty God we serve. An awesome and mighty God we serve. Let's bow our heads. Father, into this moment we step boldly and humbly, boldly coming to your throne of grace, humbly submitting ourselves to you. Speak now for your servant here today. Lord, we thank you for speaking directly to our hearts, to our minds, to our situations. Whatever we may have been fighting before we got in here, Lord, I thank you that we have the victory through Christ Jesus. I thank you that whatever worries and cares we had before we got in here, were not so ominous, so powerful that they stopped us from coming to your house, that they stopped us from logging on and watching your house. Thank you, Lord, for speaking today. Now, Lord, I personally ask that you would hide me behind your cross. You get the glory today. You do something supernatural today. Lord, I'm so bold and bodacious. I'm asking you to do a wonder in this place. We walk away wondering how the Lord could answer me in such a way. And for that, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, clap those hands. Let's, uh, I'm going to do things a little bit different today. You may take your seats. Today I want to talk to you about the, remember last week we talked about favor than the storm. And so I'm going to continue on that favor series. And so today I'm going to talk to you about the journey of the favored. The journey of the favored. I want you to realize that you have the favor of God on your life. And I want you to understand what that means, having the favor of God on your life. And this is normally the part where I would read a scripture, but given the fact that I'm going to be coming from Genesis 37 all the way to Genesis chapter 50, I thought it would be best in the interest of time if I would give that to you as a homework assignment. Unless you just wanted to read 13 chapters right now. I mean, you know, if you don't have nothing else to do, I, this is my day. What are we going to do? Let's get started. Okay. No. Genesis 30, uh, 37 through uh, 50 is where we're going to have the crux of uh, what we're talking about today. So in Genesis 37 and through chapter 50, we begin to examine the life of Joseph. If you've been around church long enough, you've heard the story of Joseph. But I really found it fascinating when I began to, to think about what it means to be a favored person, what it means to, to walk in the favor of the Lord. Remember last week we talked about how that you are favored for the storm. And so favor is that something done or granted to you out of goodwill rather than justice for or 
um, for, for remuneration or a kind act. There's nothing that you could pay for. It's God doing you a favor. God just blesses you because he is good and you found favor in the Lord's eyesight. And so we talked about the fact that it is unmerited grace. It is a grace that you cannot work for. It's the grace that you cannot do anything to try to earn it. It's just God being gracious and God being God and just looking at you and saying, I want to show my son or daughter favor. I want to put favor on their life. And remember I talked about the fact that favor is given to you based on your heart and based on the purpose of God. Because God will give you favor as it pertains to his purpose for your life and the will he has for your life. I use the example, and many of you laughed, and it still hurts a little bit, but I am getting over it. I use the example that I could have went out for football and been a linebacker. And so as you uh, got lost in the snickering, I, I, I had to deal with that. But I talked about the fact that if I would have went out and tried to do that, my skill set and my work ethic could have got me on the team but it, I would have had toil and I would have had stress because that was not the will of God for my life. And so I would not have been as favorable in that arena as I am in this arena. But when I begin to pick up a mic and when I begin to serve God's people and when I begin to serve God's kingdom, God began to unlock and open doors for me because my favor was predicated on the purpose that God has for my life. And anytime you begin to walk in the purpose of God for your life, you will begin to see God open doors for you and favor you because it pleases his will and his purpose on what he has for me. And so it was our assignment to, to ask God, show me my purpose. Show me what I am here for. Show me what is the hope of your calling. Show me what it was that you, when you said in Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee to be a prophet unto the nation. So before you formed me in the belly, you already had a concept. You already had an ideal. You already saw the end of my life played out. And so you knew what you had called me to. So show me from what you had in your mind, what am I to do while I'm here on this earth? Can you say amen? And I talked about Jesus waking up, being woke up in the bottom of the ship because the disciples were afraid and they didn't understand that what they were going through, they were really, they were really favored in the storm because the storm that the other boats may have taken out, it did not take your boat out because you had the greater one on the inside. And so I began to think about what else can, can I share out of my heart? And the Lord began to challenge me, what, what is it that, that I have done for you in your life that can mirror what I have done for others and that you can point to? And I began to look at the story of Joseph, and it's a really fascinating story of Joseph. And so let me, let me go down from it because there's a lot of bullet points. And so I'm going to give you the cliff note version, but I really uh, implore you that you should read Genesis chapter 37 through verse 50. You should really read the whole Bible, but at least get this part down for this week. It's 13 chapters, but it's not bad reading at all. Joseph's father was Jacob, who is, the father, who is the son of Isaac, who is the son of Abraham. So Jacob is Abraham's grandson. And so Jacob uh, runs into, he becomes of age and he runs into a relative called Laban. And Laban uh, 
he wants to. He, it is his mother's brother. Yeah, his mother's brother. So this is his nephew. So you have to just follow that trail. And so he says, Laban, I want to work for you. And he said, okay, if you work for me, what can be your wages? What can I give you? And he said, well, I saw your daughter, Rachel, and I want you to give her to me as, a, as wages. Back then, they, they would barter like that. Don't really work like that nowadays. I wouldn't try that at home if I were you. Okay. So he said, I want your daughter. I want Rachel. She is beautiful. She is gorgeous. I will work for Rachel. And so he began to work seven years to obtain and marry Rachel. Seven years, not months, not days, seven years. You really got to be in love and really got to be enamored to just see somebody and say, I'm going to work seven years just to have you. That's, uh, that, that should be encouraging for somebody that, that you should make people wait and work for your love. Don't just give it away. Don't just throw it out there as if it's a Frisbee. Make them work for it. Make, I don't care if it's seven minutes, seven something. Make them work for it. Don't just believe every story that I believe, I love you, and, and I ain't never felt like this before. No, what work have you shown to prove to me that you love me? Work, uh, love is an action. Love is an action. It's not a noun. It is an action. So he loved her. And he wanted to work for it. He worked seven years. And on the night they were to be married, the night of the wedding, Laban came in and, and instead of sending Rachel in, she sent Leah in. Now Leah was Rachel's sister. Leah was, as the Bible says, she was her older sister. And the Bible calls her tender-eyed. Country term would be cross-eyed. But that's, that's her story. She was tender-eyed, and Rachel was younger and beautiful to look at. And so the night of the wedding, Laban tricked Jacob and sent his, her sister in. And the Bible says that Jacob didn't realize it until the next day that it was not who he wanted. It was not Rachel. It was Leah. Now, I'm not going to bother that much. I'm just, it's just an interesting note that he didn't realize until the next day that it was not who he thought he was marrying. So he went back to Laban and said, you tricked me, you got me, ha ha, very funny. I want who I want. I know I'm married to Leah now, but I want who I want. Give me Rachel. So he said, okay, I'm going to give you Rachel. He said, but I'm going to work another seven years, 14 years in total to prove how much he wanted Rachel. Very interesting. 14 years. Now, though Leah was older and less attractive, she was fertile. Rachel, younger, more beautiful, she was barren. And the thing about it is that, that many people may have envied Rachel outwardly, but Rachel envied her sister inwardly because her sister could do something that she couldn't do. 
And isn't it funny how people will see things on the outside and they will be very envious of you, but not knowing that on the inside that you are tormented, not knowing that on the inside you go home and you, you, you're screaming inwardly and sometimes outwardly when you get by yourself and people are envying you because of the things they see happening on the outside, but they don't realize what you go through and that you may be, you may be less attractive outwardly, but there is something on the inside of you that makes you more fruitful. And so while you envy me for what you see, I envy you because of what you can do. That's the reason why the Bible says compare not yourself to one another. And so doing it is not wise because you just never know what a person next to you is going through. So I can't be jealous of you and you shouldn't be jealous of her and jealous of him because you never know what it takes for that person to get up every morning. You never know what it takes for them to put one foot in front of the other. You never know what it takes. And so while you're being envious of them, they're being secretly envious of you. Because you have the freedom and the liberty. Some people, they find it very hard to open up and to worship God and to praise God, especially in the public setting. So while you cast your, your looks down on people and you say, well, if, if God did that for you, you should be opening up your mouth and you should be doing this and you should be doing that. But they have a hard time getting out of their own head and getting out of their own shell. And so while you're able to do it and you're demonstrative in your praise and you're demonstrative in your, in your adoration to God, they have a hard time doing Doing it, and so they're a bit more closed off, but secretly on the inside, they wish they could be as free to do it as you were. So you got to be mindful of just being envious of somebody when you don't know their story. Can you say amen? Leah gave Jacob six sons and one daughter, and Rachel said, Okay. I want a child, and so she said, here, use my, my maidservant. So her maidservant and Leah's maidservant also had two other sons apiece. So finally, Rachel got sick of seeing all of this birth around her and said, finally, give me a son lest I die. Give me a son or else I will die. My question to you is how bad do you want this thing from God? Many of us, sometimes you only want things bad enough from God that say, okay, Lord, give it to me. I hope you do. And you walk away. You put no work. You put no sweat equity into it. You don't put any real passion behind it. And so God is not answering prayers the way you would want to because there's no real passion from you. It changes day to day of how bad you want it. You want it bad enough if it's not raining, if it's sunny outside, if, it, if the conditions are good. But if the conditions are bad, then you don't want it that bad. If it rains or if it snows a little bit or if you don't have a certain person on your team, then, then suddenly you don't go after it with the vigor and with the, with the force that you should. So that's why you're not seeing the prayers of God answered in your life in the way that you should. It's because you don't want it bad enough. But Rachel said, give me a child lest I die. And God did it. He blessed her with Joseph and Benjamin. Now Joseph was favored by his father because by this time Isaac is very, or Jacob is very old. And so now he is the son of his old age. So Jacob loved Isaac, uh, 
Joseph very much and made him his favorite son. In fact, he was favored for two reasons, because he was the son of his old age and because Joseph, when he was out in the field, he was a shepherd, he'd be in the field, but he would come back and give a report to his fathers about what all his brothers had did. Yeah, Joseph was just what we would call nowadays a snitch, a tattletale, but he would come and tell everything that had happened in the field. And so because of that, his father favored him because he knew that Joseph would come back and give him a report. So he favored him because he was older, and so now this is the son of my old age, but because also I know you're going to be my ear in the streets. Side note, it is, uh, it, never mind, I won't, I won't talk about that. Sometimes it's good to have an ear among your haters. It's good, even Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Don't cut everybody off, because sometimes you need to know what's being said out there. Sometimes criticism is not a bad thing. You take the criticism, you, it's like the, uh, the old saying, you chew the meat and you spit out the bones. Sometimes the critics are not wrong about you. Okay, I'm not going to get no amen in here, but sometimes not everybody's lying on you. Some people actually are telling the truth, and so he, would, he loved him because he would come back and give him a report. So what he did, he said, you are my favorite son, so I'm going to make you this coat of many colors. And so when he made him the coat of many colors, it actually got him more hated by his brothers because at first we just thought that our father loved you more. At first we just assumed that he loved you more, but now he has made you a coat of many colors that now you're going to stand out among us. And that is what God has done with some of you. You have been stood out. You, you feel like I have been marked. It is error apparent that God has favored me. It is error apparent that God has set me apart. And I came to tell you that that is true. God has made you the, fav the favorite child. God has put you on now and made a coat of many colors for you. And you have got to be bold enough to walk in the coat that God made for you. Walk in the favor God made for you. No more will you hide your coat, put another coat over top of it, bow down and walk around lowly in spirit, lowly in mind. Oh, don't mind this. This is just a nice coat. Oh, this old thing. And when people give you a compliment, oh, this old thing. No, wear your coat boldly. Wear your coat of many colors boldly. I mean peacock in it. Walk around and show everybody, this is how much my daddy favors me. This is how much my daddy loved me. I'm not going to be ashamed of it because if I was a drug dealer, they wouldn't be ashamed of how much drug they sold. If you did any other industry, you wouldn't be ashamed of how blessed or how well you were doing in that industry. But it's only to, when we come to the house of the Lord and we begin with uh, and deal with other believers, now you got to hide the blessing. I'm not hiding my blessing. I'm going to walk out full in my full coat all the way down to the floor. You see this coat? My daddy made this coat for me. Look at it. Look had shimmers in the light. I want you to see all of my coat. I don't want you to be ashamed another day forward of the coat God made for you. He made that coat of many colors for you. Wear the coat. Don't be ashamed of it. I don't care if that's nobody else in the family got it. I don't care if nobody else in the job got the coat. Wear the coat. That's what God made for you. If he went through the trouble of making the coat, go through the trouble of shining inside of it. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
And so he was hated by his brothers because of his coat. And then he was young. He, the Bible says he was 17. And he was a dreamer. And he began to tell his brothers about his dream. And then in telling his brothers about his dream, he said, I see you one day bowing down to me. And he came back to his father and his mother. And he said, I had another dream. And y'all were all bowing down. And both sets got mad at him. He said, so who do you think you are coming in here telling us your dream? Who do you think you are that we're going to bow down to you? Let me tell you something. Sometimes you cannot tell everybody everything that's going on inside of your head. Glory to God. I want to I wanna relieve you of the stress of feeling like you got to tell everybody everything. Everybody cannot handle the dream that you see God giving you. Everybody cannot handle it. And I want to I wanna stop you from being frustrated. I want to stop you from being agitated and, and being uh, mad at people around you because they don't see it like you do. God gave you the vision. God gave you the dream he gave you the desire he cannot you cannot expect other people to have the same level of passion that you have for your dream that's your dream God gave that to you and so you trying to go around and get everybody else to be happy and excited about something God placed on the inside of you they're not going to see it the way God gave it to you because it's yours if you got a company, you got a business, I think I've said it before, don't get mad when other people don't support your company and business the way you do. It's your company. It's your business. It's, it's you. You are the one who's going to be staying up late at night. I'm going to bed. You are the one who's going to be up early on those phone calls. I'm going to bed. I'm going to get me a cup of coffee. I'm going to come and support you when I can. But I'm not going to be up all night because that's your baby. Now, when it comes to my baby and my dream, I'm going to be up all day. I'm going to be up all night. I'm going to be marketing. I'm going to be networking. I'm going to do everything I can because you know what? That's my baby. And so I I would expect you to treat your baby, your business, like it's your business and your baby, and I'm going to do the same thing for mine. Generally, I want you to write this down or take, a, take this note somehow. Generally, for all of you who are entrepreneurs going into business, you own a company. Generally, the only people who will be just as passionate about the success of the company are the people you paying. I'm going to say it again. Generally, the people who are going to be just as impassioned as you are and stand up late are the people you paying. And that's only going to last sometimes until they see that the profits are going up and their prices stand the same. Then they're going to be like, well, I mean, I see the price going up. I see we, we made this X amount of dollars. We brought in this amount of profit. Seemed like my wage should be going up. So I want to stop you from being frustrated that the people around you who you thought were going to support you are not supporting you like you thought because again that is your dream they conspired to kill him they conspired to kill him and the brother Reuben said don't kill him let's not do that let's just put him in the pit for right now let's put him in the pit okay let's just hold him here and then when Reuben went away the brothers came and they took him out of the pit and sold him into slavery for 20 pieces of silver 
like Christ was sold for 30 pieces of silver. And they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And then Reuben came back and said, oh, my God, what happened to my brother? Somebody, something has happened to him. So they took his coat of many colors that his father made, and they killed an animal and put the, put the blood of the animal on the coat and said that a wild beast has taken our brother. And so he was sold into slavery. And sold into slavery... And then he ended up in the house of Potiphar, who was an officer of Pharaoh. They threw him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. But God's hand was so on him that the pit didn't last. Because now he's sold into slavery. But watch this. Chapter 39. Verse 4 says, and Joseph found favor in his sight, this is Potiphar, and served him, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had put in his hands. I want you to listen to this. You're supposed to be his slave. Verse 5, and it came to pass that from that time, he had made him overseer of his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. The Lord said some people are going to be blessed because you're favored. God is going to bless those around you because of the favor he has put on your life. I don't think you get it. I don't think you get it. The thing that was supposed to take him out, he was in a pit, thrown in a pit, his father was lied to and said, this boy is dead. My brothers hated me. They threw me in the pit to get rid of me. And because the Lord is on my side, I'm not only out of the pit, but now the man who I'm serving, I'm running his whole house. Look how God has favored you in an unusual way. I'm not a slave. I'm running the slaves. I'm not in prison. I'm running everything about the man's house. The Bible says he saw God's hand on his life and put him in charge. And I want to tell you, some people know and they can see the favor of God on your life. They can see it better than you can. They can see it. That's the reason why they're using you. That's the reason why they're calling you. That's the reason why they're bothering you because they can see the favor of God on your life better than you can. And woe be unto you who cannot see that the Lord is for me. This is what I want you to see. And the blessing of the Lord 
was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. God said, I'm going to put you in places and everything surrounding you is going to be blessed because I have blessed you. And everybody that takes you in is going to be blessed. But woe be unto you if you can't see it. That's how you're going to get used by people. That's how they manipulate you. That's how they negotiate contracts where they have better terms than you do because they see the favor of God on your life and they say, I want to be in business with that man. I want to be in business with that woman. And they do the deal more favorable for them because they recognize the blessing of the Lord on your life better than you do. You're favored. You're favored and you don't realize it. You're favored and you don't see it. You need to know anywhere I go, I got the favor of God. If I'm in the pit, I got the favor of God. If I'm sold into Potiphar's house, I got the favor of God. God, show me the favor you have for me in this situation. I may have come in like a slave, but I may end up being a supervisor because I got the favor of God on my life. That means that you should never be afraid of where God takes you. You should never be afraid of what God presents to you in your life because no matter what comes or what goes, I got the favor of God on my life and I can be sold into slavery, but give me just a minute and I'm going to end up running the house that I was sold into because I got the favor of God on my life. Glory to God. I got the favor on my life. I got favor on my life and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I got the favor of God and there's nothing the hex can do about it. I got the favor of God and there's nothing your hatred can do about me. I'm going to walk in my favor. So Potiphar gave him the keys. I want you to understand this. I want you to see this. This man was thrown into a pit. He was sold into slavery. And God uh, let his light so shine that now Potiphar saw him and said, okay, you were a slave. Here's the keys. Here, here's the passcode. I want you to run my house. I want you to run everything that I have. Everything that I have, the buck stops with you. That's the favor of God that he had. That's the favor God has given you that you need to recognize. And so the one area he could not touch was Potiphar's wife. Now Potiphar's wife said, I want you to come and sleep with me. He was a young man, a young, I'm sure stocky young man. He was in the field. And he said, I can't do this. Why are you, why are you doing I can't do this. I can't, I can't sleep with you. And she, she constantly pursued him. He said, I, I can't do this. My master has given me control of everything except for you. I can't do this. And so she set him up. He came in the room and, and he, was a, he was denying her advances. And so he ran away from her. And the Bible says he left a garment there. And so she ran out and said, look. Look at this Hebrew boy. He left his garment in here. He tried to have sex with me, but, but it didn't work. And I screamed, and so he ran away. And it angered Potiphar. And he said, I can't believe you would do this. And he threw him in prison. But even in prison, the favor of God is on his life. 
I don't care what physical prison, what mental prison, I don't care what emotional prison the enemy tries to throw you in, the favor of God is on your life. The favor of God is on your life. If you go from a pit to a prison, the favor of God is on your life. I'm trying to give you the language of how to talk to yourself and how to believe God for yourself and your situation. You need to start walking into it. I don't care if it, how bad it looks. The favor of God is on my life. And Joseph was thrown in a prison because of a lie that somebody told. But even with the lie being told, you can't stop the favor that's on my life. Even with the lie being told, you can't stop God from favoring me. You can't stop God from looking at me and saying, even in that situation, I'm going to still favor my son and daughter and I'm going to still make it for your good. So you know what happens? He not only became a prisoner, he became the head prisoner and he began to run the place that other people were suffering in. He began to run the place that other people were, getting, were being driven crazy in. He began to, to run the place that other people were confined mentally and emotionally and physically and the place that other people went crazy in. The, other, the place that other people could not survive in. He began to run the place. Run the prison that was holding him down. He began to run the prison. Look at that. Look at how your life feels. I'm talking about the journey of the favorite. When you begin to run the thing that should be running you. Because when you're in prison, they tell you what time to get up, what time to eat your meal, what time is wreck time. And now look at the favor of God on his life. He began to run it instead of it running him. And I want to tell you, it don't matter what has happened in your life. It doesn't matter what the enemy has thrown at you. The favor of God is on your life. And it's time for you to begin to run it and not allow it to run you. Glory to God. It's time for you to run it. And don't let that devil run you back into the house and make you feel like I'm just a prisoner. No, I got, I got the keys to the prison. I'm going to run you. You're no longer going to run me. You're no longer going to torment me. You're no longer going to torture me. I, I refuse to believe your words. I may be in this prison, but guess what, devil? I'm in this prison with the favor of God. And if I'm in this prison with the favor of God, I'm going to run this thing. Give me those keys. I'm going to become the assistant warden. Give me those keys to that, that grave. Give me the keys. That's, the, that's another comparison to Jesus because when Jesus went to hell, he took the keys to death and, and, and the grave and just like Joseph, he took the keys back to the prison that other people had thrown him in. He was the head prisoner. And so now he has this butler and this baker coming and they have these dreams and they're trying to figure out these dreams. And so now they, he say, I hear you got these dreams. I, I can interpret these dreams. And he told them. And he said, the butler, God's going to restore you. To the baker, God's going to kill you. You're going to get killed. Not necessarily the interpretation I would be looking for may need a little clarity. You know, I don't mean to fight back, but I'm just wondering, did you hear that right? Maybe you need to sleep a little bit longer. I'll come back tomorrow. Let's see if it changed, but it didn't. And so the butler said, 
I won't forget you, Joseph. The butler said, I won't forget you. I'm going to remember you. And then the butler was let out and he forgot about him. He didn't remember Joseph like he said he did until Pharaoh had a dream that he couldn't interpret. He had two dreams back to back that he could not interpret. And he was trying to figure out what do these dreams mean? What is it? And he sent for the musicians, the, the magicians, and the magicians couldn't figure it out. So finally, the butler hearing this says, wait a minute. I remember there was this young boy who I made a promise to. And he felt bad because I said I was going to remember the boy. And I forgot him. But this young man can interpret dreams. And Pharaoh said, go get him. The Lord said, you may have felt forgotten, but the Lord didn't forget you. You may have felt left out, but the Lord didn't forget you. And soon, at the appropriate time, the Lord is going to bring your name up into a room that you could have never got into. Because the favor is on your life. The favor preceded the name. And so, without his even knowing that his name was being brought up, they said, call for this young boy to come and give me an interpretation. I know it may feel like you've been forgotten. I know it may feel like people walked away from you. I know it may feel like you cried and nobody heard you. You cried and nobody cared. Some, may, some people who said they were going to sing you a blessing. They were going to do this. They were going to write you in a deal. They were going to give you this contract. And it seemed like they forgot about you. And you said, Lord, how can I be favored and still in this situation? I helped all these people and all these people walked away from me. How can it be possible that I came in and I came in with a pure heart and I helped people out of a pure heart and they took my gift and they walked away and they said, I'll never forget you and they forgot about me the moment they walked out of it. How is it possible? And the Lord said, it's possible because my time it is better than yours. Glory to God. My timing is better for yours. If I would have let you out of that prison beforehand, Pharaoh wouldn't have known where to come and get you. But because I said everything according to my time, I had you set and your gift is going to make room for you and bring you before great men. I have an appointed time for your deliverance. I don't know what you into. I don't know what prison you into. I don't know what system you are locked up in. But the Lord said, I got an appointed time for you and at the appointed time I'm going to set you free at an appointed time I'm going to send your name into a room you could have never got in at an appointed time I'm going to send you to a place you could have never bought your way into at an appointed time and the Lord told me to tell you your name is in rooms that you could never get in because I got an appointed time for your deliverance my God I feel like praising God I got an appointed time the thing that you've been fighting the thing that's been locking you up the thing that said you'll never get out of here the thing that said you'll get this high and no more the Lord said the devil is a lie I got an appointed time for your deliverance and just when you thought I forgot about you 
just when you thought I forgot about that dream, just when you thought I forgot about that gift, he said, I, because of that gift, I'm going to open a door for you that no man could have ever opened before. I'm going to close doors that no man can ever bolt and ever force back open again because your gift has an appointed time. And I set you up for a time like this. So he goes in and tells Pharaoh, tells him the two dreams. And he said, these are only one dream. He said, there's going to be seven years of plenty. And there's going to be seven years of famine. He said, stock everything up while you can. Because there's going to be seven years of good and seven years of famine. And Pharaoh heard what he said. And he realized that God was on this boy's side. And he said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in here. And I'm going to put you in this prison. I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you my number two. And in chapter 41, I want you to see. He said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. He said, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has shown you all of this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. I got to stop right there. Because look at how God is repeating itself again. I came in a prisoner. Now I'm running the entire nation. Nobody is greater in the nation except Pharaoh because he saw the gift and the favor God had placed on Joseph's life. He said, I'm not going to just put you in charge of one thing. I'm not going to put you in charge of just the dreams. I'm not going to put you in charge of this department. I'm going to put you in charge of the entire nation. I'm trying to show you that when God's hand is on you, nobody can stop you. No pit can stop you. No prison can stop you. The haters can't stop you. When God's hand is on you, you are thinking too small. Thank you, Jesus. You are thinking too small. The Lord said you are thinking too small about how I have favored your life. You are thinking about just running a department. I'm thinking about you running the entire company. You are thinking about just owning a house. I'm thinking about you buying the neighborhood. You are thinking about just building one place. I'm thinking about you building a city. You are thinking too small. I am calling you to do something higher and do something greater. And you've got to see that I have favored you no matter what situation you have ever been in. My favor is on you And when my favor is on you The pit can't stop you The handcuff can't stop you The lie can't stop you No matter who comes, who goes My favor still remains on your life And when I have favored you I'm going to put you in charge of something That other people who have more degrees More experience They've been looking at it for years Wondering when it's going to be my turn To be in charge When is it going to be my turn 
turn to be under Pharaoh and God's favor is on you in such a way he said I'm about to pass all of that and because I have favored you I'm going to put you in charge of the entire nation because my favor is on your life that's the boldness you need to walk in when you walk in for a job interview think about an interview for the position but think about if they gave you the keys, how would you run the company different? The favor of God is on my life. When, when you go into a neighborhood, don't think about how you can beautify just your street. Think about how you can beautify the entire neighborhood because the favor of God is on my life. I'm a blessing to come into your life because the favor of God is on my life. Everything that you have is going to be blessed because I'm in it because the favor of God is on my life. I need you to start walking around like that. It's not arrogance. It's not being overly confident. It's just that holy boldness that if the favor of God is on my life, I don't have to think small. If the favor of God is on my life, I don't have to walk around like a former slave and asking you can I do anything and showing you my freedom papers. The devil is a lie. When the favor of God is on my life, I can walk around this house and say I'm going to tear this wall down. I'm going to put a pillar here. I'm going to do something different because the favor of God is on my life. I don't care if you're in a prison mentally, emotionally, financially. You need to tell the devil I don't plan on being here long because I'm going to go from being just a prisoner to running this prison. The devil is a lie. You are not going to be just a slave. You're going to end up running the entire place. And God is going to bring you into an area to where you are being influenced. You are an influencer and not just being influenced. Here Joseph is number two in the land. And now his brothers come. And they come because they realize that Egypt is the only place they can buy corn in this famine. They're two years, they're now into the famine. We've had the seven years of plenty, and they stocked up all the food. They put everything in the storehouse, and now we're in this famine. And here comes Joseph's brothers. The crazy part about it is, Joseph is now around 30. He was 17, around 17 when they sold him. They don't even recognize the boy, but he recognizes them. Can I tell you, when you begin to walk in the favor of God, don't expect people to recognize you as you were. That's the problem. People want to, they want you to recognize me. I want you to see I'm still little old me. I'm still this. I'm still a man. I, you know, remember me? We used to play catch. We used to play hide and seek. I'm not that kid anymore. I'm walking in the favor of God. Don't expect people to recognize you in your new status. Don't expect people to recognize you as you walk in your favor. I know I walk a little bit more straight up now, and I know you can't really tell who I am because I'm not walking around lowly in spirit anymore. I'm not walking around begging you to love me. I'm not walking around begging for you to like me. Will you love me? Will you like me? Don't you, don't you see something nice on me? I'm not doing that no more. I'm walking in the boldness and the confidence of God that the Lord is on my side. The favor of the Lord is on my life and I'm going to walk in that position. I'm going to walk in it. I'm not going to walk around like I'm, I'm some slave and now I got to walk around asking you for permission to walk in the favor of God. The devil is a lie. 
Walk in it. Walk in that thing. Walk in the goodness that God has done unto you. Don't, don't walk around with your head bowed down no more. I don't care. I don't, I don't care what they say. And don't let people guilt trip you into going back and reverting just to fit in with them. Because I'm going to walk in my newness. If you can't fit in, that's your problem. I'll see you later. i see you at Thanksgiving when I come by Mama's house. i see you on Christmas. I'm going to drop a card off. But as for me and mine, we're going to walk in the favor and the purpose of God. I'm not going to let everybody over because everybody can't handle this newness. And you got to know that about yourself. I love you. I'm going to put you in your place. I love you. I'm going to go visit. But everybody, since you can't handle this and you chose, let me, let me say this right now. Thank you, Lord. They always say that money changes you. That's not true. That's not true. Money makes you more of who you are. But the reality, the, the reality is the more money you get, it actually changes the people around you. Because if this person around you thinks small of themselves, the more money you get, the more that they feel small in your sight. They are seeing themselves through your eyesight. Because, oh, look at you, man. You done got all that big money now. You, you're, you, roll, you a high roller now. I can't fit in with you. That's what they first say. Man, I'm trying to get like you. I can't fit in with you. I'm telling you, no, you can't. I'm going to walk in my favor. I'm going to love you. How your mama doing? Your uncle okay? He still got that barbecue shack. I love you. I'll see you later. See you at Christmas. But I am not going to dumb myself down just to fit in with you. I am not going to dumb myself down. We can be cousins. We were just like brothers. We can be cousins and cut buddies. And I know you. I knew your uncles way back then. But I'm not going to squeeze myself into this jar when God has called me to live outside of this box. I'm not going to do it. Not another day. I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to let you change. But I'm not going to change. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm not. I'm going higher. I, how can I be? How can I be running what God has called me to run and still think like a slave like I formerly was? God put me here because he saw. He not only he favored me, but he saw my thinking. You got to understand this, that Joseph wasn't just here be simply because God favored him. They had to see something in him. His work ethic, the, his mindset. God is blessing you and bringing you into those rooms because you can handle it now. Amen. You couldn't handle it 15 years ago. You couldn't handle it 10 years ago. Everybody say, if I would have, could have, should have. You couldn't. If they would have gave you the blessing too early, you would have blew it up. You would have damaged it. Your ego would have gotten away. So God had to take you to another, through another series of tests and another battery of tests. And he had to keep sitting you back further. He said, no, you're not ready yet. And you say, yes, Lord, I'm ready to do this. And then you would do something stupid. And he said, you're not ready yet. Yes, Lord, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to conquer it. And you would do something dumb. He said, you're not ready yet. See, I want to thank God. And I want to praise God for his timing. Because if I would have got the blessing before his timing was available, then I would have got the blessing and blown the blessing. I would have got in there and got to talking to Pharaoh about, man, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to do. If you make me in charge, man, I'm going to give everybody gold toilets. And Pharaoh said, I didn't bring you here for that. I brought you in here because I saw the favor of God on your life and I cared about your 
thinking, but now you done got in here and got to blowing. You blew a, a great situation because you allowed your ego to speak up. Many of you, the Lord is presenting the opportunity to you, and he's opening doors. Your prayer needs to be, Lord, show, guard her and show me what to say. Show me what to say. The Lord is opening new doors for you, and you're getting ready to step into a situation you've never been in before. And so you are nervous that I don't want to say the wrong thing. The Lord said, take comfort in this. I would not have presented you with the opportunity if I did not know you were ready for it. I would not have presented you with the opportunity if I knew you were not ready for it. It is going to require a new you. It's going to require more reading. It's going to require more studying. It's going to require more investigation. Meaning you now, you don't just hear terms. You investigate what those terms mean. It's going to require more discipline from you. It's going to require sometimes you turn off the TV and put the phone away. And sometimes you get the book out and you get to study it. And when you do turn on the TV, turn it on something that's going to feed where I'm taking you. Turn on something that's going to feed where you're going, not where you've been. You've already done that. But the door I'm getting ready to open for you, you're going to be nervous walking into it. But have the bold confidence and the holy confidence that if I open the door, I open the door because I knew what I placed inside of you. And I set you there as a witness for me that if God can bless me, if God can bring me here, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. Glory to God. Is this okay? His brothers came to him because they were in the midst of the famine and they needed corn. They didn't recognize him. He recognized them. And Joseph knew exactly who they were. But see, he didn't talk to them in a native tongue. He used the translator because he didn't really want to relate to them that he knew who they were. So he said, you're spies. He was playing with them a little bit. He said, you're spies. They said, surely, Lord, we're not a spy. We're sons of one man. We're not a spy. We just came here for the coin. He said, oh, no, you're a spy. And then he gave them his, their money back, and he sent them. He, he gave them the coin they needed and their money back. And he said, when you come back, you can't come back unless you come back with your younger brother, who is Benjamin, his brother, by, his, by their mother. And he said, you can't come back unless you bring him back with you. Here's the thing about it that I found interesting. He recognized them, but he didn't rightfully just give them what they want. I can forgive, but be careful about forgetting Okay, I'm going to forgive you. But some people, sometimes we're so forgiving and so loving that you let that same snake right back into the house. Now, I'm going to remember, I'm not going to be hard of hearts because the whole reason God favored Joseph is because of his heart. The whole reason God has favored you is because of your heart. And I'm not saying to treat them harshly because he didn't. He gave them what they wanted and their money back. 
but he didn't give it to him with ease. In other words, he wasn't a pushover. And some of you, you need to stop letting people push you over because they share your bloodline. Just because you are kinfolk don't mean I'm going to let you push me over. I'm not going to do it. I'm in a new place now. I'm not going to answer every time you want to borrow some money. I'm not. Sometimes the phone is on do not disturb and I'm looking right at it ring. Because I'm on do not disturb. I call you in a week because I know. Now you ain't checked on the kids. You knew it was hot. You ain't checked make sure the AC running. You knew it was cold. Ain't nobody called to say how your heater running. Ain't none of that. But then suddenly now you calling my phone. And generally it starts out with, hey man, how you doing? All that small talk. I'll be like, get to it. Because you ain't called me in four months. So I know you ain't calling to see how I'm doing. It's going to be a hook at the end. Hey, man, I was just thinking. No, you wouldn't. I got to go. See you later. <laughs> so they finally brought, they brought the youngest, they brought Benjamin back after negotiating with Jacob. And he said, okay. He said, I'm going to let you do it. But you got to remember, this is my only son from his mother. My one son is killed. And all I got is Benjamin. I don't want nothing to happen to him. He said, okay, if I'm bereaved, I'm bereaved. And so he, they went back. And Joseph finally broke down. He couldn't hold it any longer. He went in the back and cried the first time. And he finally revealed who he was. And say, go tell my father I'm alive. I came to tell you, don't lose your heart. Don't lose your heart. Don't let what others have done to you cause you to lose your heart. God blesses you because of your heart. God is keeping you because of your heart. And the reason I call this the journey of the favorite is because God is blessing your journey. But along the journey, the enemy and life is going to throw so much at you to make you feel like I'm losing heart. It's not worth it. Why are all these people hating me? And the Lord said, I favored you because of your heart. I favored you because I wanted to show you that I was with you in spite of how it felt. I was with you in spite of how they treated you. I was with you. Don't lose your heart. Don't lose, don't lose the thing that I gave you. That loving heart is from me. That caring heart is from me. That's a gift. Because some people are, are so cold, they don't want to let nobody touch them. But I did that for you. Don't lose your heart. If you've been seeing exceptional challenges, it is because you are exceptionally favored of God. And the enemy 
I want you to remember this. The enemy cannot fight your favor. The enemy cannot steal your favor. But what he wants to do is he wants to take your perception. Surely you can't be favored. Look how they threw you in the pit. Surely you can't be favored. Look how they threw you in the prison. Surely you can't be favored. Look how they lied on you. Surely you can't be favored. Look how they betrayed you. Surely you can't be favored. Look how they turned their back on you. Surely you can't be favored. Look how all these things have happened to you. How can you be favored? How can God be on your side? And I came to tell you the very fact that you are still here in spite of all that has happened in your life is a sign, is an indicator that you are favored of God. The very fact that the lies didn't work, the very fact that the pit didn't work, the very fact that the prison didn't work, the very fact that the poison that they tried to put in your life didn't work, the very fact that you are still here is a sign That my hand is on you. It's a sign that I favored you. It's a sign that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. And what the devil meant for evil, God is going to turn it around. What the devil meant for bad, God is going to use that to turn you around and turn your life around. And he revealed to his brothers who he was. And then they went and got his father. And he showed his father to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, I want you to give him this land over here. And I want you to give him these riches. And I want you to, I want to bless them. Their family was blessed by the God that the brothers hated. The family was blessed because of the God the brothers hated. And conspired to kill. And God said, don't let your heart be hardened. Forgive. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. You never read in the scripture where the brothers apologized. You never read where they came back and said, I'm sorry for what we did to you. And the Lord said, this wasn't even in my notes, but this is for you. The Lord said, I am going to hold you in the same manner you hold those other people who you will not forgive. How can you ask me for forgiveness, but you won't forgive them? So what they threw you in the pit, I was there with you. So what they conspired against you, I brought you out. So much they sold you into slavery, I was right there with you. Look how I blessed you in all of those areas where other people thought you were dead and other people thought that you should die and other people thought that you weren't going to make it. So what they did that, you didn't realize that even in all of those situations, my hand was still on you. I still favored you, but because you lost sight and you looked at the particular place and not look at the, the, the series of events that my hand has been on you, the enemy has now said, you are not favored because if you were favored, these wouldn't have happened. But because of you, your favorite, that's the exact reason why they happen. Because God has an exceptional blessing and a favor and a calling on your life. 
and know you couldn't go through what the person next to you went through. You couldn't go through what somebody else went through because God had an exceptional blessing for you. So you had to go through exceptional hell. You had to go through it. You had to go through that testimony that some people in your, even in your family don't even know. There's a part of you that you don't even tell anybody because it makes you feel funny to say it out loud that you went through that. An enemy has made, tried to shame you into silence. An enemy has said, if you tell anybody this, you're going to sound like a fool. And maybe it was my fault I got thrown in the pit. And maybe it was my fault. And maybe if I would have just done this, I wouldn't have got into that. And maybe if this wouldn't have happened, maybe I'd been better off. And the Lord said, I orchestrated and I allowed you to get through those things because I have a favor on your life. Some of you, I blessed you to be a blessing. I'm going to use your story and your testimony to be a blessing to those you come in contact with. Some of us brothers, we need to go and talk to other brothers because the things that we have experienced, some of these younger brothers need to hear that it won't be like that always. It won't be like that always. I'll tell you, man, you're going to get up out of this. I'm telling you, man, you can make it out of this. It won't be like that always. Even if you feel like you're still somewhat in something like that, it won't be like that always. God has blessed you thus far, and it's our job to go reach back to that brother and pick him up and be the encouragement that we wish we had. Some of my sisters... You got a story that these young girls need to hear because they doubt that how can I be a person that God has favored and yet look at what I'm going through. Look at what I'm going through. And you need to tell your story and you need to let them know yeah I've been in the pit. My brothers conspired to kill me. My own flesh and blood conspired to kill me. And I didn't know how I was going to make it. And I was in that pit. And it doesn't really say how long he was there. But you got to think, I'm in this pit by the people that said they loved me. Here I am in this pit by the people I cared for. We grew up together. We brothers. How could you do that to me? How could you throw me in the pit? I'm your brother. We got the same daddy. We got the same blood. If we go to the hospital, they're going to ask you about your bloodline and you got to include me. How could you kill me? How could you want me dead? How could you throw me in this pit? Simply because I shared with you that I see life better. You hated me for the dream. And the Lord said, 
Some of you have been hated because you see things differently. You've been hated because you see things differently. When other people see a problem, you see an opportunity and they have hated you because they wanted you to wallow in the pain and wallow in the misery and you refuse to do it. You see an opportunity where God can bless. You see an opportunity we can come out and they have hated you and laughed at you and you know our family don't talk like that and we don't do that around here. And now these same people need your help. Isn't that funny? Now, if this was modern day, they were calling Joseph. By now, you know what they need. I let the phone ring a couple of times, me personally. I would let the phone ring a couple of times. I want to see what's on the voicemail because I just want you to remember now. It was me. It was me that you didn't, you said... He crazy. All right, I'm going to let that phone ring a couple of times because I know what you need. You need some corn, don't you? <laughs> I'm going to let that phone ring a couple of times. That's what he did. And then he blessed them. And the Bible says it was at the moment where they bowed down and he had a flashback of the dream. That's when he lost it. And that's what he said. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's your brother who you tried to kill. It's me. The Lord said, reveal yourself. It's me. Yeah, it's me. What you thought was going to kill me didn't kill me. Those words you thought were going to kill me, I'm still here. I'm sitting on the throne that you coming to. Yeah, it's me and all my splendor. It's me. I don't have that coat I used to have. Guess what? I run a country now. Look how my life has changed. Don't be ashamed of where God has brought you because he brought you there because of your heart. He knew he could trust your heart. Don't lose heart because of people. Don't lose heart because of the situations that you have encountered. He set you in those situations because he knew he could trust you. Lord, why am I going through this trouble? Because I can trust you in the trouble. Why am I going through this situation? Because I can trust you in this situation. That situation was hand carved for you. That situation was hand-carved so that I could do something in your life and it was made specifically for you. Don't lose your heart. I had a different way I was going to close it. No, I want you to stand to your feet. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Grab your neighbor's hand if you got a neighbor close to you. But for the next 30 seconds, I want you to pray for that person. The enemy has conspired to steal their heart 
and to take their heart because of the things that they went through and the people that they encountered that said that they love them, that said that I'll never leave you nor forsake you and they forsook you and they forgot you. But the Lord gave you that heart. He gave you that tender heart for a reason. And I want you to pray for that person. Pray for that person. Yeah. Pray for that person. If you're watching online, the Lord said, don't lose your heart. Don't lose your heart because of people. Don't lose your heart because of certain situations. Don't lose your heart. I favored you. And the journey of the favor is that you never lose heart. I know it hurt. I know you didn't like it. I know it was tough. But don't lose your heart. Don't lose your heart. I favored you. I kept you. No matter what the situation was, I kept you. I strengthened you. God, we thank you. We thank you that we never lost heart. And sometimes, Lord, I question, why would you give me a heart like this? Why would you give me this heart, Lord? To love like I loved. The heart, God, that would be so caring and so forgiving that sometimes I'm betrayed by those I forgive. And sometimes, Lord, people, they walk all over me because of this tender heart. Thank you. For what I realize now is you gave me a heart to love like you. I realize you gave me a heart to love like you because your love is perfect. And you gave me a heart to forgive like you because your heart is perfect. You gave me a heart to embrace like you because your heart is perfect. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now loose those hands and go to praising God for yourself. Loose those hands and praise God for yourself. You got that heart for a purpose. That heart is a gift. That heart is a gift. That heart is a gift. I want you to moment there's two things that's going to happen if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sins Romans 10 and 9 is very 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 clear if you believe with your mouth and confess with your heart the Lord Jesus Christ believe in your heart and confess with your mouth you shall be saved that's it the Bible says the day you hear my voice harden not your heart it's so funny he says that because that's an indicator that I don't promise to keep calling you. So I give you the grace to call you. And the day you hear me calling you, harden not your heart. John says, if, if any man 
Come unto me, I will in no wise cast them away. There ain't no way God can cast you away if you come unto him, if you call on him. That's the reason why he gave you that heart like him. He said, because if you come unto me, there's no way I can turn you back. If you come unto me, there's no way I can see you as my son, my daughter, reaching out to me, and I don't embrace you. There's no way I could do it. If you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, just simply pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for who you are, and I thank you for what you are. I repent of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Clean me up, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I accept you as my Savior. And I thank you for salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. If that was your prayer, if that was your prayer, and just as surely as I'm standing up here, you're assured that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Quickly, I want you to get your offering, those cards. And if you need a regular paper envelope, we got cards here. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I'm, I'm going to get you out of here in just a second. I just want to raise the Lord's offering. If you got one of those cards if you need a card if you need a paper envelope let us know we got some of those as well but I want you to sow into this word last week I, I, I met with a few of you and I told you this just because we are a young church in age does not mean that we are going to be any less impactful glory to God that's why you see us partnering and, and having a clothing drive and appliance drive we're going to do something before school starts, a back-to-school something, a back-to-school drive, a back-to-school prayer. We're going to do something. This church will not be a church where we meet every week and, and we go over notes on how your week was. The devil is a lie. We're going to be an impactful church. We are going to change this nation, this community, this globe. This We are going to change it for the glory of God. We're going to partner with those who already got strong ministries and already got great ministries like ours. We're going to partner with those and we're going to rub elbows to elbows and lock arms in. It's not a competition. We are here serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible says, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And we're going to be some laborers. This church, we jumped in, we jumped in this thing feet first. We jumped in this in this thing volunteering our time. In fact, before we started the, the church on February 12th, we were already volunteering our time at the food bank. My wife had me carrying that box. I was tired. I thought y'all got a full eight hours out of me in three. But I'd rather pack the box than need the box. I'd rather give the clothes than need the clothes. And if God has done anything for you, I'd rather be a blessing than waiting on the benevolence of others and needing a blessing. So we're going to be an impactful church. Impactful. Impactful in our giving. Impactful in our giving of time. Impactful in our giving of resources. Because what all God has done for us, we owe it to him. 
We owe it to him. Come on, baby. We owe it to God to be impactful for his kingdom. And by the way, you owe it to that devil too. For all the hell he does put you through, I owe it to God to go back and to that devil to show you. You threw me in the pit. You threw me in the palace. You lied on me. But guess what? Did none of that work. I'm going to go back and reach a young man or woman. I'm going to go back and reach one of my fathers. I'm going to go back and reach somebody's uncle, somebody's aunt, and say, let me show you the God of my salvation. Let me show you what God has done in my life. Let me show you how you can get out of that problem. Let me show you how you can get off of drugs. Let me show you how your life can be better. Let me point you to the cross that I came kneeling in front of. I owe it to the devil for all the hell he put me through. I owe it to him to say, you don't run me. I'm going to get my lick back. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He gave you that heart for a reason. He gave you that heart for a reason. Don't be ashamed of the heart. That heart is a gift. It's a gift. There are some people who wish they had the heart you did. And there are some people who are envious of the heart you have. But God made you that way. And the words that people said didn't work. The acts that they conspired against you didn't work. Everything the enemy tried, it didn't work. Because God was protecting you the whole time. He was covering you. Because he has favored you. And he built you differently. You felt funny and you felt differently your whole life. And it was the purpose of God. He meant for you to do that. Because I can't set you apart if you're the same. I got to make you different. I got to I gotta make you feel like an oddity. So that in the times where you question, Lord, what is going on? Why do I feel so odd? Why am I the only one who thinks like this? He said, you'll run back to me and you get the answer that I made you like that on purpose. And your difference is your gift. You're gifted. Yeah. Don't be ashamed of the tears. Never be ashamed of the tears. The tears are a gift to you. Let them do it. It's fine. Let them do it. It's fine. You don't have to be guarded for him. It's fine. It's okay. And I know you. I know you want to run. And you want to hide. But sometimes God puts your tears on front street because he wants other people to see that even the strongest among us need a touch from him. Even the strongest among us sometimes feel weak. And no matter how strong you, you want to be, sometimes you just want to be like a little girl and fall into his arms. And he said, I made you like that. It's a gift. And it's okay. It's okay. 
it's okay. If you stand to your feet with your seeds in your hand. Lift those seeds before the Lord. Father, in this moment, we consecrate these seeds unto you. We celebrate the fact that, God, we have something to give you, even if it's a praise. We honor you, God, with our substance. We thank you, Lord, for using this to unlock doors that no man can open. Thank you, Lord, for rebuking the devourer for our sake. Thank you, Lord. We believe your word for press down, shaking together, running over blessing. And we believe you, Lord, that you're going to do things that money cannot buy. We can never pay you back for what you've done in our life. But we thank you, Lord, for a supernatural harvest that we expect on this seed. My brothers and sisters watching online, we thank you, Lord, for the harvest that we expect and we rejoice and we water the seed with the praise. Come on, water your seed with the praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for speaking to us. Now, if, if, if you want to make this church your church home, my wife and I, we're going to come down and, and we want you to come meet us and we'll extend to you the right hand of fellowship. I want you to know I believe in you. I want you to know that there is nothing that the enemy has been fighting you with or fighting you uh, and, and trying to make you feel like God is not for you. The devil is a lie. In all your... All the situations the enemy has tried, don't lose sight that God has favored you in them all. Because I got, okay, I always get started. God has favored you in every situation because the things that other people went through next to you in those situations, it killed them, but God kept you. God has been keeping you this entire time. Now, if you want to make this church your church, oh, my wife and I are going to come and give you the right hand of fellowship. Brother Robert, I want you to come and pray us out. Come on, let's praise God for this man of God as we come. I love you. We'll see you next week. Make sure you follow us and share on social media. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you that you have brought us all here together, Lord, that you have made us find, find each other so that we can get your word, Lord. We thank you that you've given us a man of God who is speaking directly to our situation. He's speaking to our heart. He is giving us the way to cover our lives and cover our families, Lord. We thank you for the favor that you have us walk in. And this week, Lord, help us to walk in that favor. Help us to have the confidence we have now all week that we don't put it down when we leave here, but that we continue to feed on this word, Lord, that it changes our life, Lord. Guide us, protect us, cover us, Lord. We will seek you all week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.